This is Hungry Gen Podcast, and I just want to thank you for joining us today. Here at HG, our vision is to see thousands saved locally and millions globally. We hope you enjoy this week's message. The title of my message today is called Aka. Aka. Has anyone heard this term? Aka. Aka is actually the root word for the word how. Mourning, right? In Lamentations, I want to paint a picture. Jeremiah was just sent of many prophets that were speaking false prophecies. They were doing a lot of horrible things. And he was sent to Jerusalem because they, they were about to be in captive uh, by the Babylonians. So he was walking through Jerusalem and he was seeing how destroyed the city was. And he was crying out with the heart posture of the Lord saying, How, how lonely the city is. How lonely is where we get the word aka. How lonely. Some theologians and scholars say that was actually the actual verbiage that God told Adam when he says, where are you? Some argue that he said, how are you? Meaning how? I've given you everything. How could this have happened? So Jeremiah is walking through the city and he's writing in his journal. And it's so noted that he would write lamentations in his journal. As he was lamenting, as he was mourning with the hard posture that God was hurt and burdened for his beautiful city. And so I'm laying the groundwork. As we go into lamentations, I want to I paint this structure that you know the heartbeat of God and what was happening in this moment. It was a moment of mourning. It was a moment of lamenting. It was a, mo- a moment of hurt and crying out so that we could respond and he could restore. So this is a, a, a message of lamenting, but I promise you it's going to end with restoration and encouragement. Amen? Amen. So church, can you go to Lamentations chapter 1? If you have your Bibles, if you have your version app, uh, it is lamenta- it's in Lamentations chapter 1, starting from verse 16 through 18. And if you don't know where Lamentations it's at, it's in between Genesis and Revelation. Oh, you are paying attention this morning. Okay, I just wanted to see if you were awake this morning. And if not, we have it on the screen here for us. So I'm reading Lamentations 1, starting from uh, verse 16 through 18. And the word of the Lord says, For these things I weep, my eyes flow with tears, for a comforter is far from me. One to revive my spirit, my children are desolate. For the enemy has prevailed. Zion stretches out her hands, but there is none to comfort her. The Lord has commanded against Jacob that his neighbors should be his foes. Jerusalem has become a filthy thing among them. And this is what I want us to focus on. The Lord is in the right, for I have rebelled against his word. But hear all you people and see my suffering. My young women and my young men have gone into captivity. And so church, the first point that I want to make if you're taking notes, that rebellion leads to regret. Rebellion to the word of God leads to a regretful life. Okay, this is a strong word this morning, but I believe it's going to encourage, it's going to empower you, and it's going to give you a revelation of what he is ministering to us this morning. These people here, he was speaking of Jerusalem. So as we hear in the natural, I want you to have the parallel of what it means in the spiritual. Jerusalem was his chosen people. This was his his bride then. The parallel to us is he's talking to the church. He's talking to us. This is the spiritual connotation of the parallel of Jerusalem. 
So as you hear and, and as I'm ministering here, I want you to have that understanding that he's speaking to us, speaking to the church, while notating the history of what has taken place in the scriptures so long ago. Amen? Amen. Amen. So rebellion leads to regret. And they were, we were witnessing from our brothers beforehand of the life that they were living. They were living in sin. The prophets were leading them astray, speaking false prophecies. And as I'm going to go a little further, we see even the women would burn their children alive to eat them because they were in the siege of the Babylonians taking them captive. We see that due to the sins of his people, this clearly was an indicator of how they were in regret. Something that they acknowledged though, it says here, but the Lord is in the right. The Lord is in the right. So many of us have life circumstances happen to us. And I'm the first one to be guilty of that. For example, we, maybe we overindulge in eating and, and we develop a sickness. Or we cause affliction upon ourselves. And it's so easy for me to somehow blame God. Am I the only one church that has had a life circumstance? And we blame God. When in reality, if we were in the will of God, then we would not we would not be in that situation to blame God you see God doesn't hold us captive sin does sin holds us captive God has sent his son to kill and destroy the power of sin but it doesn't remove the presence of sin it is still there amen church amen excuse me church praise the Lord rebellion leads to regret and so church I want us to have this hard posture as we go down this journey and lamentations as we go down these notes where is it that we're rebelling with the Lord in this moment looking in the mirror asking the hard questions what is it that we are rebelling with God is so quick to forgive us God is so quick to edify us and encourage us. But a lot of times we hold ourselves back from receiving the fullness that God has given us in our inheritance. As we see in Lamentations, there was regret. There was an acknowledgement. But before the restoration, there first me an acknowledgement, then a confession, and then restoration. And we'll get to that point. Rebellion leads to regret. So if you're still in your Bibles, I want you to jump two, three more chapters down. Until Lamentations 4. Lamentations 4. Verses 11 through 13. And this is going to be leading up to my next point. It says here. The Lord fully vented his wrath. He poured out his fierce anger. He started a fire in Zion. And it consumed her foundations. Neither the kings of the earth. Nor the people of the lands ever thought. That the enemy or the foe would enter the gates of Jerusalem. Never did they think this. Never did they have this in mind that, that the enemy would enter them. Never. But it says here that never did they think that. And I want you to make this point, church. But it happened due to the sins of her prophets and the iniquities of her priests who poured out in her midst the blood of the righteous. And so the second point that I want to make to you, church, pride consumes a prophet. Pride consumes a prophet. Church, I don't know how God categorizes sin. We see uh, definitions, right? There's sin, there's abomination, and there's iniquities. But I don't know if God necessarily categorizes individual sin. But one thing I want you to note and, men and mention to you, that pride 
was enough to get an angel kicked out of heaven. Mm, I felt that. Think about that. I know sin is sin in the eyes of the Lord, but particularly pride was enough to get Lucifer kicked out of heaven. It's interesting how it says that this happened due to the sins of her prophets and priests. Some, I would say, even sins that happened through pastors and church leaders. It's a very much a reality. It's a not an easy subject, but the capital C church is dealing with this right this moment. And if you go and further on, as you read in chapter 4 and chapter 4 and Lamentations, this is where you see the consecrated ones were whiter than snow, it says. There was a time where they were living righteously, that they had everything going for them, that they were praising the Lord, they had a healthy devotional life, a healthy prayer life. They were living according to God's will. It says they were white as snow. And then it went further down to say that's where it says that the children, that the mothers would kill them and have to eat them. It was just horrible going into this city of destruction. And God is telling us in the scriptures, but it happened due to the sins of her prophets and the iniquities of her priests. Some of you might say, well, I'm not a prophet. I'm not a priest. I'm not in position of authority. Man, if you are married in this room, the Bible says you are the spiritual priest of your home. That you are head above your wife and that Christ is above you and then God is above Christ. So we all have an obligation. We all have a duty as ministers at some level to be priest. And although you yourself are not shedding actual blood, is it possible that we are shedding spiritual blood for those whom God has entrusted with? Life group leaders ministers pastors future pastors ministers in the room this is why the scripture says be gentle of the laying on the hands because what can happen in the natural first happens in the supernatural and there can be a transfer of the things that we deal with onto those whom we have been entrusted with and so is a spiritual shedding are we shedding spiritual blood i know this is not an easy topic but I'm believing that God has put in a Jeremiah anointing and messaging me to preach the gospel in the hopes that his heart, our hearts will be turned back to him. That there would be restoration in families, restoration in ministries, restorations in homes. Amen, church. I choose to believe that our quietness is because the Lord is ministering to us this morning. The pride consumes a prophet. I'm so terrified of the scripture that says, but Lord, Lord, didn't I cast out demons in your name? Didn't I, I prophesy to the nations? Didn't I do all this for you? And the Lord says, surely I never knew you. Depart from me, one who practiced lawlessness. That's a scary thing to hear in front of the eyes of the Lord. It's a scary thing. I think a lot of us, especially us in ministry, that we confuse the gifts with God's approval. In our lives but the gifts are irrevocable but lord you've given me this gift I've, i'm doing signs and wonders yes that's a gift i have given to you who i'm give freely to but do i know you i never knew you depart from me one who practiced lawlessness church know that i love you very much and i'm speaking in love right now and god is ministering to us amen amen pride consumes a prophet and we're going to jump to the last chapter Lamentations 5, as I'll read, starting from verse 15 through 21. It says, The joy of our hearts has ceased. Our dancing has been turned to mourning. 
Not mourning as in the day or night, mourning as in grief. Our dancing has been turned to mourning. The crown has fallen from our head. Woe to us for we have sinned. For this our heart has become sick. For these things our eyes have grown dim. For Mount Zion our heart, I'm sorry, for Mount Zion which lies desolate, jackals prowl over it. But you, O Lord, reign forever. Amen. Your throne endures to all generations. Why do you forget us forever? Why do you forsake us so many days? Restore to us, O Lord, that we may be restored. Church, the last point that I want to make with you, confession leads to restoration. We serve a God that has mercies are new every day for us. I don't care how far you think you are right now. You are never far enough for the blood to touch you. You are never far enough for God's mercy to capture you. You are never far enough that his eyes are not upon you. Even in the secret place that you are at, God is watching, witnessing, waiting for you to confess to him that he may restore to you. Amen? Amen. Confession leads to restoration, church. There is power in confession. Rebellion leads to regret. Pride consumes a prophet. But confession leads to restoration. God doesn't want you separated from him. He wants you in here. He wants to do more than with you. Some, we often pray for our territories to expand, for our ministries to grow. But very little of us are willing to swallow the things that are hindering us of restoration. Who is it that you have to forgive today? Who do you have to give peace to? Who is the person that you have not talked to in so long, but yet pray and do signs, wonders, and miracles? The Lord is ministering. This is a strong word. But I believe the Lord is ministering. Church, I want you to notice something. There is an account of some of the people that made it out of there, but that are in captive. It's actually in Psalm 137. In Psalm 137, verses 1 through 5, we see what happened when they didn't confess, when they didn't give their pride to the Lord. When they rebelled and didn't turn back to the Father. Psalm 137 says this, and it's an actual account. It says, Beside the rivers of Babylon, we sat and wept. As we thought of Jerusalem, we put away our harps, hanging them on the branches of poplar trees. Side note, do you remember the verse prior? He turned our dancing to mourning. You see, at that time in Jerusalem, they were able to play their harps freely. They were singing in the cities. They were singing in the streets. They were playing music. They had a joyful noise that the Lord gave them. But yet we see in the Psalms that they had to hang up their harps on the poplar trees. They could not sing anymore. They could not enjoy anything no more. And it says here, for our captors demanded a song from us. Our tormentors insisted on a joyful hymn. Can you imagine? Hey, yeah, remember that song? You're no longer a slave. Yeah, yeah, sing us that one. Sing us that one. Get in line. Get in line. Think about that. 
We, we have now a new covenant and law of grace and mercy. We see from our, from our brothers and sisters that come before us the consequences of our pride, our anger, our lust, the things that God so easily wants to set us free from. So easily, it's as simple as confessing, giving this to the Lord and saying, Lord, I'm tired. I want to come home. We see that. But how can we sing the songs of the Lord while in a pagan land? You know what this reminds me of, church? There was a realization that took place right here. They realized. And another story that I relate to personally is the prodigal son. There was a realization from the son. He realized. And there came a moment where he was eating with pigs. And he just was just a mess with realizing where he has gone. And he says in the scripture, even my house servants eat better than me. Even they do. And the scripture says that he came home. I want you to note something. In the story, it says that even though he was far from home, the father saw him. No matter how far you are right now, as long as you're walking, he saw him. He sees you. Oh, this next verse, church. He says, and the father ran after him. He's running after you right now. He's running after you. You want to know a little historical context? At that time in the Jewish culture, fathers don't run. Kings don't run. This was a representation of the father. I'm running after you right now. I'm running after you. If you come right now, he's running after you. He's running after you. He's not saying, you didn't run. He just said, hey, he saw him. He's confessing. And he ran after him. He's running after you. The next verse says he threw his arms around him. And he kissed him on the cheek. And he threw a party for him. Church, do you know that when you give your life to Christ, for those here that don't know, it says that one, the angels rejoice over the repentance of one sinner than many righteous. Come home. I'm not speaking to the church. I'm speaking to those that are far from him right now. Your rebellion has led to regret. Your pride may be consuming you this morning. And all you need is to confess to the Lord. And he is going to restore you. And as long as you come home, he's going to run after you. He's running. At, I feel my spirit. He's running after some of you right now. Some of you picked up crosses that you're not meant to carry. Leave your cross. Leave your cross. Come home. Come home. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you are blessed by this message, be sure to subscribe and send it to someone. And don't forget, you can always share it on your social stories. Stay connected with us on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. For more information on internship, prayer line, conferences, and other resources, go to HungryGen.com. Remember, better is not good enough. The best is yet to come.